read eight verses of scripture. If you'll stand with me all over the room this morning, I'm going to be in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Proverbs chapter 3, verses uh, actually 3 through 10. Lauren, I'm going to start with verse 3. The word said, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days, no, I'm sorry, I did start with verse 1. I've confused you. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse 4, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I want to preach to you this morning a message I've simply titled, He's God. You can trust Him. Amen. In a day and a time when you don't know who you can trust, I want to tell you this morning, He's God, and you can trust Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your presence and Your anointing. My Lord, what we've already felt here today. God, we could leave right now saying it's been good to be in Your house, but God, I know You've got a word for us today. So Lord, I pray that You would anoint uh, these lips of clay that I would bring Your words and not mine today. Lord, increase your spirit within me. Let me be decreased, God, that your spirit may increase. Anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive what you would say to us today. And God, more than anything, let us leave this place, every person in this house, with complete and total dependent and trust on you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're going to do in and through this altar service in advance today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Within our text this morning are some marvelous words of wisdom for us concerning our relationship with God. Uh, I read, actually I heard this week in listening to Cheryl Brady, if you've never heard her preach, uh, she does a phenomenal job, a highly anointed uh, woman of the Lord, and from time to time, periodically, uh, I listen to her. I think I shared a while back, Darla preached something that made me think of a message I have heard of hers, so I sent it to Darla uh, to listen to. But I listened this week, and she said something that just began to ring in my ears. Uh, she said that uh, religion does not equate relationship. Let me say that again. Religion does not equate relationship. She said, therefore, it is possible to have religion with church, are you with me, but not have relationship with God. It is possible to have religion with church, but not have relationship with God. If we're not careful, we can become so accustomed to going to church that we think that this gets the job done. But can I tell you, this is not what gets the job done. What gets the job done is your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk to you about what um, I believe is key to living a healthy, successful Christian life. And that is about 
trusting God. And I want to talk to you about the Lord being able to trust us. And I want to talk to you about what happens when our whole relationship is based on obedience and trust. Now, as a kid, you'll have to uh, just indulge me for just a moment. As a kid growing up in the old Baptist church, do we have any other folks that grew up in the old Baptist church? Let me see your hands this morning. Yeah, a lot of you. We used to sing a song that said, trust and obey. How many remembers that one? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I read an article several years ago that says there are the the top two questions that Christians ask are these. Number one, how can I know God's will for my life? And number two, how can I be a success for God, others, and myself? Now, I want to tell you this morning something that we refer to as stewardship. Stewardship, and I'm not just talking about your finances. Stewardship in every aspect of your life is a matter of trust. Trust is the most important factor in knowing God and His will for your life. Trust is also the most important factor in growing His kingdom and in growing yourself as a steward. So as the proverb writer begins to talk to us about this relationship with God, he talks about complete obedience. Say complete. The result of this obedience is found in verse 2. Lord, if you want to follow along with me, you can. I'm going to be paraphrasing. But in verse 2, he basically says that if we obey his teachings and his instructions completely, then we will live a long and a prosperous life. Now, in April, I will turn 44. I can tell you, that I know, I know, I don't look it, I know, thank you. But I can tell you that the older I get, the more hopeful I am that I live a long and prosperous life. How many knows what I'm talking about? Uh, some of y'all say, oh, 44, that's just a young baby. Well, I, I felt that way until I hit about 40. When I hit 40, then kind of depression started to set in, and I'm like, it's a downhill slide from here. But no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, right? What was that? Praise the Lord. If y'all don't help me out, the Holy Ghost will. Amen. If we obey his teachings and his instructions completely, we'll live a long and prosperous life. Now, verse 3 is basically saying this. Let mercy and truth always show like a necklace. That's basically what he's saying. You know, some of these ladies wear some big old gawky necklaces. He's saying, uh, he's saying, let mercy and truth always show like a necklace and write it on your heart. What he's talking about is letting mercy and truth always being at a very visible place in your life. And if mercy and truth is visible to the eyes of others, the result is that you will find favor with both God and man. Now let's look at what verses 5 and 6 say. He says, with all of your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Can I tell you, you cannot follow your heart, as a lot of people say today, because your heart will lead you astray sometimes. Your heart will cause you to be discouraged when you've been hurt. Your heart will cause you to be disappointed when other people do things that disappoint you. What he says in this verse is, with all your heart, trust the Lord and don't trust your own judgment. Always let him lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. With all your heart, the proverb writer says we must trust the Lord and to always let him lead you. 
The proverb writer tells us if we do these things, that he will direct our path. Now verse 7, he says, don't ever think that you're wise enough, but fear the Lord and stay away from evil. We've been preaching on the prayer of Jabez and part of that prayer, actually the whole prayer says, Oh, that you would bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. That's what Project EOT is all about. Let your hand be upon us and keep us from evil so that we will be free from pain. He says here, don't ever think that you're wise enough in yourself, but fear the Lord and stay away from evil. If we do this, verse 8 says that, watch this, He will make you healthy. Think about that. If we do this, he'll make you healthy. Verse 9, honor the Lord by giving him your... Oh, it's going to get real quiet right now. This Pentecostal church is about to turn Presbyterian. Honor the Lord by giving him your finances and the first fruits of all your increase. Then you'll have more grapes and grain than you did to start with. Then, don't think you have enough and you don't give, you're not going to have more than you had to start with. But when you do it, if you do it, you'll have more than you did to start with. So there's some observations that I've made about these ten verses that I want to share with you. The first observation that I made is this. These commands are all inclusive. Did you notice in these commands that there were no exceptions? He didn't say that we were to partially obey the Lord's teachings and instructions. He didn't say that with most of our heart we were to trust Him and that we were to sometimes allow Him to lead us. No, I want you to notice these words. If you go back and read that passage of Scripture again, you'll read the word keep. You'll read the word always. You'll read the phrase all your heart in uh, verse 5. You'll read the phrase all your ways in verse 6 I believe it is and then down in verse 9 I think it is he says to honor him with all your increase all your possessions these words are all inclusive there are no exceptions he says I want you to understand this is what the Lord is saying I want you to understand that trust is a total affair in your heart and in mine that's what the Lord's saying Trust is a total affair in your heart and in mine. The second observation that I've made is that every one of these commands, and they are commands because there are no exceptions, they're all inclusive, every one of these commands precedes a promise. God tells us that if we do these things, then He will do some wonderful things for us in return. Which leads me to my third observation These promises are conditional. They're conditional. We do our part, and then God does His part. If we trust Him completely, if we obey Him completely, then He has some wonderful provisions for us as His children. Now when we talk about stewardship, I want to make a few statements to you. Three statements actually. Number one is God is trustworthy. How many will say amen? God is worthy of our trust. Number two, God has entrusted us, He has placed within our care the possessions, the opportunities, the talents, and the time that we have to be used for His glory. God's entrusted us with those things. I thank God 
for the people that use their time and their talents for God's glory. Don't you? We are so blessed. I sat with our state overseer uh, this past week on Tuesday for about two and a half hours uh, in his office. He did not uh, request to meet with me. I requested to meet with him. And so I think that made him a little bit nervous, and I wasn't nervous at all. And I walked in his office, and I sat down, and he said, Now, Pastor Disney, I want to open this meeting with one statement. I said, Sure. He said, You cannot resign your church. I kind of giggled, and I said, Well, I got news for you. I don't want to, and I got another statement. You couldn't fire me if you tried. And then he, he began to laugh, although I guess he could, but, um, but he began to laugh. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but he did too. He laughed, and I said, no, no, that's not why I'm here. And we had a wonderful meeting, and he watches our live stream from time to time when he can catch it. And one of the things that he said is, my, your church is so blessed. You're blessed with talent and anointing. He's like, I watch and I see. Listen, folks, God has entrusted us. He's placed within our care our possessions, our opportunities, our time, and our talents that we can use for Him. If you have a, ta a talent that you're not using for the kingdom of God, that's part of what Serve Sunday is going to be about. We want you to use that for God's glory. Somebody say amen. So we're thankful for those that do that. It leads me to the third statement. We are trustees of everything that God has given us. We are trustees. That's our title. So I want to ask ourselves some questions this morning. I want you to ask yourself, do I trust God? Where do I place my faith? Where do I place my confidence? Now, I know it's easy to say, and in the church we cliche it all the time, oh, I trust God. It's easy to say, oh, yes, I obey God completely. I trust God completely. Well, I'm glad you do if that's you because I'm the pastor and I don't. Sometimes I'm not sensitive enough and I might miss an area that he wants me to obey him in. Sometimes this mind up here gets to figuring up what it knows in its 25 years of banking. And I begin to reason things out the way I reason them out, and I'm not really trusting God, hello somebody, to do what only God can do. It's easy for us to say, I trust God completely, but this is just for personal introspection this morning, for you to take a personal inspection of yourself. Do I trust God? Is He my source? Do I trust Him in everything? Do I trust Him in just some things? Do I trust Him in the big things, but I don't worry Him with the small things? Or do I trust Him in the small little things, but I've not learned to trust Him in the big things? Do I kind of want to have control? This is another conversation I had this week. You know, as human beings, we like to have control. We like to have control. Do I trust God, or do, am I wanting to take control? And that's an incredible question that I've wrestled with even at times myself. And I've come to the conclusion that it's the only key to success and it's not an easy thing to do in this self-reliant society. We want to depend on us. We want to think we can figure it out. We want to think we can come up with a plan. But that's what I want you to stay with me today because I believe if you'll take the message, this message to heart, the potential for our spiritual growth is greater than anything else that we might do all year long because we're really going to look at these penetrating questions. Can I trust God and do I trust God? But while we're looking at that, we're going to turn the tables. We're going to ask a couple other questions. 
And if you think the first two were uncomfortable, what about these? And I know it's about to get quiet. Can God trust me? Hmm. That's a good question. Can God trust me? Does He trust me? To elaborate on those questions, have I proven to God that I'm a trustworthy person? Can God give me what He wants to give me knowing that I'm trustworthy and I'll do with it what He's told me to do with it? Hello. Or am I one of those people who are trustworthy in some areas but not in other areas? And when we do that, God says, I can't touch this area or bless this area in your life because you're not yet trustworthy there. Now I want us to talk about God for a moment. And I have some trustworthy thoughts about God. First of all, God's care is constant. I said God's care is constant. It never ends. When it comes to trusting God, you can rest assured that He gives you and me constant care. I love what Hebrews chapter 13 verses 5 and 6 says. I'm going to drop down in it. He says, for He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. You see, that is a great promise. That is a, a wonderful promise in God's word. Literally, in the original language, let me tell you what this says. It says, I will not, no, not leave thee, neither will I forsake thee. Five times in that passage of scripture, God wants to assure us that he is never going to leave us. I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where people were just sporadically care about me. From time to time, they might ask how I was doing, but sometimes in the deepest, darkest hours of my life, nobody asked how I was doing. When I was hungry for somebody to ask how I was doing, nobody asked, but I can also tell you that not one single time did the Lord ever leave me. Not one single time did the Lord ever forsake me. His care was constant. It was continual. And He's been right with us through it all. Amen. Can anybody testify of that? If anybody used to watch the Billy Graham Crusades, and I grew up watching those, there was a famous singer who partnered with Billy Graham for many years. His name was, was George Beverly Shea. And he used to sing uh, songs. He had that, if you've never heard him, he had that deep operatic voice. And he walks with me and... How many knows what I'm talking about? That was George. Some of you don't. Some of you kids are looking at me like, oh my gosh, what did he just do? Yeah, that's the way it used to be in the old church. Somebody say amen. And he partnered with Billy Graham and he used to sing. And of course, he would not have known because this was from uh, the black church. But he says that uh, one of the strangest requests that he ever got was when somebody handed him a slip of paper one time. Now, how about, who else in the congregation is old enough to remember the time in church where if you wanted to hear somebody sing, you wrote it on a slip of paper and you turned it in some kind of request box or you dropped it in the offering plate? How many remembers that? Yeah, don't get no ideas. Hallelujah. But 
That's, that's the way it used to be. You'd think you were ready for the preacher. They just lifted the offering, but then they'd come back to the pulpit and they'd say, well, pastor's going to preach in a minute, but we had a request in the offering for sister so-and-so to sing, and sometimes sister so-and-so didn't know, and she wasn't very prepared, but that's the way we did it. So George Beverly Shea said the strangest request that he ever got was when somebody handed him a slip of paper one time, and they wanted him to sing a song that he had never heard of because it came out of the black church. He said It was called God's Grip, Don't Slip. Now listen, I'll tell you that maybe that's not the best grammar, but it's marvelous theology. Did you hear me this morning? God's grip don't slip. What's that mean? That means God is constantly caring for us. And because of that, Peter can tell us in his epistle to cast all of our cares upon him. We can cast all of our worries upon him because his care is constant. It's not occasional or sporadic. His care is total. It's not partial. When God has his grip on you, God's not going to let you go. God's grip is not going to slip. That's why the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord will uphold him by his righteous right hand. When God has his hand on your life, there may be times that people will let you go. There may be times that situations will let you down. There may be times when things look like you are hopeless and helpless, but there's a hand of God that if he's got his grip on you God's not going to let you go he's not going to drop you he's not going to leave you helpless you're right in the palm of his hand hallelujah his care is sovereign and when you're in the palm of God's hand catch this nothing can get to you without touching God first let that sink in Nothing can touch you without touching God first. Many of us have read a beautiful poem called Footprints. How many knows what I'm talking about? Footprints in the sand. And it's brought comfort, I think, to all of us at times. And what's interesting, if you don't know the story, the story behind the lady who wrote the poem Footprints, her name was Margaret Fishbeck. She went through some amazing trials. The person that she first loved left her alone and she caught meningitis and she was literally bedridden for many, many months and she came to the lowest place of her life. And during that time, another man fell in love with her and he wanted to marry her, but she wouldn't marry him. And here's what she said, and this is why I'm sharing it with you today. She said, and I quote, I'm out of trust. I don't trust men anymore. And I'm not sure that I even trust God. I'm out of trust. We think, wow, that's a bold statement. But can I tell you that sometimes you and I are out of trust. Sometimes we're facing a situation that we're trying with everything we got to figure it out on our own. But we're not trusting God with it and placing it in His hands. So one night in her diary as she lay in bed, she began to write that beautiful piece, Footprints. And that night, she saw the answer. And I'm just going to take a moment to read it to you. If you've never heard it, here's what it says. One night, a man had a dream. And he dreamed that he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes of his life. And for each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand. One belonging to him and the other belonging to the Lord. 
After the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there were only one set of footprints. And he also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and the very saddest times of his life. And this really bothered him. And he questioned the Lord about it. He said, Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I've noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand, Lord. Why, when I needed you the very most, would you leave me? And the Lord replied, my precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I felt like I didn't even have enough strength to put one foot spiritually in front of the other. I've faced situations and circumstances where I felt like, God, if you don't come to me, I'm stuck in a rut. Has anybody else ever been there? I've faced situations where I thought, God, it's all I can do to keep trying to walk and to keep trying to fight this battle. But I can testify before you today that every single time that I have faced those circumstances, in my life the Lord has not only he has picked me up just like the word said by his righteous right hand right when I thought I was going to fall there was a hand that reached down and came up underneath me and not only did he pick me up when I wasn't strong enough to go in in myself he held me and he carried me through that circumstance I came to tell somebody this morning you may feel weak you may feel like you can't even set one foot in front of the other But God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will go with you all the way. Even if I have to pick you up and carry you through it, I will not leave you. Secondly, God's gifts are generous. God not only constantly cares for us, but He's generous in His provisions to us. He's blessed us with gifts and talents, all kinds of of blessings. And if you're taking notes this morning, I don't have time to read it all, but jot down Psalms 136. And when you have time today, go back and read that entire psalm. I'm going to read just a few verses. Psalm 136 and 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him alone who doth great wonders, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that by wisdom made the heavens, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that made great lights, for His mercy endureth forever. To the sun to rule by day, for His mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever. The point I'm trying to make is this. Every time he makes a great statement about the Lord, the psalmist says his mercy endureth forever. Another translation says God's love never fails. It reminds me of an old song that we sang in the old church that we need to sing sometimes to the devil today. You said sing to the devil? Yeah, he needs to hear us sing it. We need to sing Jesus never fails. How many remember that one? Oh, Jesus never fails. Here is where we sing to him. You might as well get thee behind me, Satan. You cannot prevail because Jesus 
Jesus never fails. I want to tell you this morning, there will be times in your life when you'll miss it. There'll be times in your life when you'll mess up on this journey we call life. There'll be times, I read you this passage of scripture so that you would recognize and know. There'll be times when people will not have mercy on you. There'll be times when people will not show you grace. But you're serving a God this morning whose mercy is new every morning. His mercy endures forever. So whether you have mercy on me or not, whether you show me grace or not, I'm thankful I'm not dependent on your grace and your mercy. The God I serve shows mercy every morning. Every morning. And so as we're developing our trust, one of the things we got to do is we got to learn to trust God in adversity. We're responsible to trust Him in times of adversity, but we're dependent on the Holy Spirit to help us do so. You cannot do it by yourself. David said in Psalms 56 and 4, In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Psalms 34 and 4. He said, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. See, what's David saying here? David's saying, you and I are responsible to obey God. That's our part. Say our part. That's our part. But see, here's where the conflict comes. Now hang in with me. Here's our problem. God asks us to obey or to trust Him in an area of our life that, that is bigger than what we can reason or understand and instead of doing our part, which is total trust and obedience, we want to get over on God's side and try to help God figure it out. Hello. And we want to say, now God, if I do this, how are you going to work? God, if I really let go of this situation, God, I don't really think you know how bad this is. Anybody ever said that before? And now I know it's probably really going to get real quiet right here, but I'm going to say it anyway. God, if I surrender my finances to you, I'm not sure you understand how bad this situation is and I won't have enough left if I give you what he's telling me I'm supposed to give you. Yeah, I knew it would get quiet. God, if I really give this situation to you, God, I, I, don't know that, I don't really know that you could fix it the way I want it to be fixed, so God, how about I do this? Because sometimes the way God would fix it is not the way you would fix it. And so here's, here's the hang-up and here's the problem. God, I'm not really sure you understand the situation. And I, I believe it's so simple. I think this is why our Lord said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3, He says, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now when my kids were little, when Abby and Shelby were really small, I can remember that we would, if we would go to the pool or something in the summer, they didn't know how to swim, and they could be in eight or ten feet of water. And if I stood down there and said, jump, Daddy will catch you, they'd jump like that every single time. Now, had I not been there to catch them, had they not trusted me that I would catch them when they jumped, they could have been in eight or ten feet of water not knowing how to swim, and they could have drowned. But the point is, they didn't know any better than to completely trust their daddy. 
Can I tell you this morning, it would do us good to put all of our reasoning, all of our rationalizing, all of our thoughts to the side and just to begin to realize, hey, He's God. He is my Heavenly Father. He ain't going to let anything happen to me that goes against His will. I can trust Him. If God says jump, I'm going to jump. If God says do this, I'm going to do that. If God says, whoa, wait a minute, stop, I'm going to stop. We need to learn to trust Him. Somebody says, why are you shouting? I don't know. I tell myself every Sunday I'm going to try not to do that. I go back and listen to myself at the gym and I think, my goodness, you were yelling at them with everything you had. Sometimes it's the anointing. Sometimes it's me yelling. Say amen, somebody. But the simplicity, the willingness to be vulnerable, that's a good word, vulnerable, just to say yes to God and trust Him. Even in adversity, when we don't have the answers. Even if we have to say like the psalmist, I trust in the Lord. And Lord, I give you my fears. That's not conflict when the psalmist said that. It's not a double standard of statements. What he's really saying is, is God, I believe in you. Would you help my unbelief? That's what one man said to Jesus about his son. Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. I believe sometimes we believe that God's able to do it, but we need Him to help our unbelief. And we've all been there before. I'm willing to obey you, but there's something within me that wants to pull back. And He's basically just saying, God, I don't understand, but I'm willing to trust you anyway. Secondly, I'm just going to three. Secondly, we need to trust Him in plenty. See, listen to this statement I'm going to make. The extent to which we genuinely thank God for the blessings He has provided to us is an indicator of our trust in Him. Let me say that again. To the extent to which we genuinely thank God for the blessings He has provided to us is an indicator of our trust in Him. I suppose that truthfully, this area becomes most difficult because when we're blessed, there's a tendency for us to either trust in ourselves or trust in our blessings. I'm saying, wait a minute, I don't know, but listen church, let's face reality. I think we do a real good job at running to God fast when we have problems. But I think sometimes we kind of ignore God when we're being blessed. As a matter of fact, we do it just about every time the altar's opened. Hello, somebody. Oh, I'm good, preacher. I'm good. I don't need to go. Man, I, man if I go, somebody's going to think there's something wrong with me. We all know there's something wrong with you. You might as well go anyway. Hello. Right? There's something wrong with every one of us. I don't go to church to show you how good I am. I go to church because I know I need to be here. Hello, somebody. That's why we, can, we all are in need of the Lord. And sometimes when we're being blessed, we get pretty good at being self-reliant. It's because it's human. We think, oh, we're doing good. We don't need anything. Thirdly, we need to trust God as our source. See, it's human tendency to trust in God's instruments of provision rather than to trust God himself. We trust the job instead of realizing that God is the provider of that job. We trust in the success of that business without realizing that it's God's hand upon that business that has given it success. We trust in our own health instead of realizing that He is Jehovah Rapha. Huh. He is the God that healeth thee. 
Woo, I feel the Lord when I say that. We're living in a day and time. I want to tell you, I'm going to encourage somebody today. I don't care what the doctor's report has said. I don't care what, the, what they are telling you medically. You're serving a God this morning that has your health right in the palm of his hand. And if you'll trust him, that might just be the nudge that you need to get the miracle you need in your life. That if you'll place your trust in him. Oh, I remember, and there's some folks here that can testify to it. Sister Joyce Feltz and, uh, and her family back there can testify. Kelly, I remember when they gave uh, when they diagnosed Gerald Feltz, who has gone home to be with the Lord now, but they diagnosed him with stage four cancer, and they didn't give him much hope. I remember in a service one Sunday, I felt led to pray for him, and we called him up and we prayed for him. I'm not giving it credit to my prayers. I'm just saying that we prayed a prayer of faith over that man. That man had faith like nothing I had ever seen. They had given him six months to live To get his house in order But I want to tell you something That day he placed his trust And his hope in God And every day he did that And for six and a half years He continued to serve the Lord Because God was with him They said you'll never be healed You'll never be better But I came to tell you something this morning He's the giver of life He's the giver of health There's no Nothing that is impossible with God. Hallelujah. So don't trust in what anybody else has said to you. Trust the word of God. He sent forth his word, the Bible said, and he healed them. Hallelujah. i got to move quickly. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 10 and 11. This is an interesting contrast between people who trust in God and people who trust in themselves or their possessions. I want you to listen carefully to what it says. Verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. That's a beautiful picture, but now listen to what he says. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. And like a high wall in his own esteem. What's he saying? Very simple. He's saying that those who trust in the Lord, when they have an issue or a need, they immediately go to the Lord. And he is their trust. But those who have possessions, they make for themselves a fortified city. And they look at that fortified city and they say, oh, this is an unscalable wall. I can hide behind this. They begin to say, look at what I have done. Ooh, can I tell you, there's too many people in the church world today saying, look at what I have done. There's too many men behind pulpits saying, look at what I have done. I want to tell you something this morning. I don't ever want to look at this church and say, look at what I have done have done. But I want to say, look at what God has done. Look at what God, I don't know if you can see it, but look at what God is about to do. I don't know if anybody else can see it with me, but look at what God is getting ready to do. Look at what God has already done, but look at what he's going to do. But people that, that build it up and look at themselves, they get behind it and they say, I'm just going to hide behind that. I have a question for you. What's your unscalable wall today? What are you trusting in? Is it your college degree? Is it your bank account? Is it your job? Is it your health? See, it's so easy for us to trust all these other things and not make God the source and the platform of our trust. If they'll come to the music this morning. One of my favorite preachers is the late... S.M. Lockridge. 
I don't know if you have ever heard of him before. But he was a black preacher from California. If you've never heard him preach, you've missed something. You can get on YouTube and find all kinds of stuff by him. Actually, by the time I discovered him, he'd already passed away. He passed away in the year 2000, 20 years ago. In one of his sermons, he delivered this about trusting God. And yes, to answer your question, this was the inspiration for the title of my sermon. Here's what he said. He said, you can trust him. He's the one who made us. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Every time I read this, I feel the anointing. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. And no far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. I'm telling you today, you can trust him. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. And he's immortally graceful. He's empirically, powerfully, and impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's Son. He's the center Savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust Him. He does not have to call for help, and you can't confuse Him. He doesn't need you, and He doesn't need me. He stands alone in the solitude of Himself. He's august. And he's unique. He's unprecedented. He's unparalleled. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem of higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of truthology. He's the cardinal necessity of the spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you can call him. I'm trying to tell you, you can trust Him. He can satisfy all your needs, and He can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and He sees. He guards and He guides. He heals the sick. He cleansed the leper. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends his people. He blesses the young. He regards the old. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the path of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway to glory. You can trust Him. He's the master of the mighty. He's the capturer of the conquerors. He's the head of all heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. Let that sink in. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. Let that one sink in. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And He's the Lord of Lords. I'm trying to tell somebody He's God and you can trust Him. His office is manifold. His promises are sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. 
Oh, I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable because he's incomprehensible. He's irresistible because he's invincible. You can't get him off your hands. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't outlive him. And you sure can't live without him. Pilate couldn't stand it when he found out that he couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. And the witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. And Herod couldn't kill him. And death couldn't handle him. Oh, hallelujah, thank God. The grave could not hold him. There was nobody before him. There'll be nobody after him. He has no predecessor and he'll have no successor. You can't impeach him. I like that one. And he's not going to resign. I'm trying to tell you he's God and you can trust him. Oh, hallelujah. One more. He's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He is all things. He's the giver of life. He's the joy and sorrow. He's the light of every darkness. He's the peace that surpasses all understanding. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. You can trust Him. There's no God before Him. And there'll be no God after Him. He's the first. He's the last. He is preeminent. There is no other God. He is the God, and you can trust Him this morning. Would you stand all over this room and give Him some praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Come on, give Him some praise this morning. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah. If you don't leave this building knowing anything else today, you can walk out of here knowing no matter what the situation is in your life, He's God. He knows what He's doing. Nothing takes Him by surprise. I can trust Him with every aspect of my life. Hallelujah. So here's what I want to do today. I want to ask you very quickly with every head bowed, every eye closed all over the room if you're here today you say pastor I hear you preaching about the God I can trust but I've never even accepted him as my personal savior maybe I did a long time ago and I've grown far from him and I need to come back to him today I'm not even going to ask you to lift up your hand I'm going to ask you while the church is praying church would you pray while the church is praying I'm going to ask you if that's you if you say I, I don't I can't say that I'm ready to meet the Lord should I walk out these doors right now and go out into eternity I can't say I'm ready to meet him I need to make things right with him today. Would you step out from where you are right now? Just ask somebody, say, could you just let me by? Or could you go with me? I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. Would you be brave enough to do that? Anybody in the room? Anybody. I'm not going to tarry long. Don't, don't leave this place not knowing. You can leave knowing that you're ready to go out into eternity. Hallelujah. Anybody in the room today? All right, I'm going to move on. Now you can look at me. Listen to me. Part of praying the kingdom of God forward, that's what we've been preaching. We're getting ready to open the altar. Part of praying the kingdom of God forward is learning to trust Him. we got to learn to trust Him. So I want to ask all of our council members that are here and all of our staff members that will to please come and just fill up space right across this altar this morning. If you'll move out from where you are, all of our council members and all of our staff members, just go ahead and come. Line up all the way across this altar. And here's what I want to do today. I want to ask you if you're sitting here and you have, you realize something in your life that you need to fully and completely trust the Lord for. If that's you, would you just step out from where you, listen, don't worry about, oh, if I go, they're going to think this or that. It's none of our business what you're trusting God for. It's none of our business. But you say, 
Yes, thank you. Come on. Thank you. Go ahead. Obey the Lord. Anybody else? There's something I need to trust the Lord for. Would you step out from where you are and just come and begin to fill this altar? Thank you. Come on. Yes, I need to trust the Lord. Thank you. That's, that's it. Boy, the devil gets mad. Somebody else steps out. He's really going to start. He's really going to get up tight. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Somebody else say, there, I need to trust God for something this morning. All over the room, would you, would you just begin to come? I need to trust God for something this morning. Anybody else? There's something I need to trust God for. We're going to pray with these. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes. Anybody else today? I need to trust God for something. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? We're going to trust God with you today. Anybody else want us to trust God with you? I need to trust God for something this morning. Now, here's what I want to ask, and we're going to open this altar. If you call Freedom Point Church home, and I know in a bigger service, at 845 is, is a lot less people. In a bigger service, it's a little more difficult to do this, but it's nowhere near impossible. If you call Freedom Point Church home, and you want to see us pray the kingdom of God forward in 2020, and you want to see God do all that He has for us this year, and you're willing to trust God for that with us. Would you step out from where you are and just begin to join in this altar today? Whether you kneel, you're welcome to kneel. You're welcome to stand with somebody. Thank you. Yes, thank you. They're coming all over the room. Come and join us today. And then after we pray, thank you. After we pray, if somebody has need for special prayer, we're going to anoint and pray for any special needs. We'll line up right here in the middle. We'll pray for those special needs today. And we're going to trust God with you for whatever your need is. As they sing, let's pray this morning. Find somebody that came trusting the Lord for something. Let's pray with them.